Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you will get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts that you buy and get informed about what's going on in the industry. This episode is sponsored by Zerk.Work. If you are a mobile heavy-duty mechanic, go to Zerk.Work. In this episode, we're going to discuss the shortage of skilled workers in the heavy-duty trucking industry. And to help us with that, I'd like to introduce you to Kale Campbell, president of Red Seal Recruiting Solutions. Kale's been a recruiter, talent manager for nearly 16 years, and is an expert in manufacturing, mining, utility, and construction talent. Kale, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. To get started, I'd like to ask you my first question, which is, is there a shortage of skilled workers in industries like the heavy-duty truck and parts industry? Yes, for for sure. It's uh, from, from the direct dealerships through to the service people to uh, parts people. You know, we, we hear it almost daily uh, of, of companies that actually want to hire out of the industry and, and, and companies and, and who want to grow their team and hire uh, to their businesses as well. So it's, it, it's kind of a, a perfect storm right now of, of people want to hire, hire away from the industry into their industry, whether it's agriculture or mining, um, and then companies really want to grow or maintain their business. It, it's quite difficult. We're in the middle of summer and People want a little bit of time off in this heat and get away with their families, and it's it's tough. I mean, you don't want to leave a, a shop or clients unattended, but uh, you know it, it's hard to get that extra coverage for summer holidays. And what's causing the shortage primarily? So, I, I my father is is a baby boomer, and he's you know just moving out of his you know full working working career, and you know on the heavy duty side and the parts side. It's it's physical work, you know, and some people are in amazing shape and are going to be turning wrenches and, you know, being great parts managers and parts people well into their 70s. But a lot of people may have, have difficulties, you know, in their 60s, other health health problems come up, you know, even if you're, you're, you're good physically, uh, there's, there's neurological stuff that comes up. So there, there's definitely baby boomers who are going to be forced to retire because a lot of people really love their work. You know, they love this industry and they'll want to keep working, but some are going to be forced to retire and some, you know, are, are, are going to want to retire because they want to spend more time with their family and stuff. So you've got this baby boomer, uh, perfect storm. And then we, we've also got some uh, boom and bust echo of, you know, we're, we're on a kind of 10 year run with the economy. Not everybody's felt the positive stuff of it, but, uh, a lot of companies really slashed their apprenticeship program, didn't hire a lot of parts people, 
uh, you know, 10 years ago. So those, those good kind of four, six, eight, 10 year people that would have been there uh, or, or even the 14 year people, if you experienced some layoff back 10 years ago, uh, might've moved out of the industry. So there's this, this uh, age demographic and, and also that middle demographic where you, you hope to have some pretty good experienced people coming. Uh, they they might have got hit during that last uh, downturn that we had, um, and you know if you experience layoff, you probably aren't going to stay in an industry. So that that was that was a troublesome time. I, I know a lot of companies that cut their apprenticeship programs ten years ago, and you know you, then you've got that gap of that four four years before you started up again, right? So that that that's a, a big issue, and you know everybody's struggling in every industry. So there's a lot of competition, even even though it may sound and, and look like a good career for for people. Um, I was talking to a great mechanic. He's working at a, at a marine shipyard. Uh, you know, I, I said, oh, why did, why did you leave your dealership? And he said, oh, well, I, I'm super interested. These are all machines. And, you know, they're very similar. So you, you've got all, all these forces kind of working to pull people away as, as we're trying to attract people to the industry at the same time. Okay, so let's explore those two sides of the issue. So first of all, I've done some research on this, and the indication is is that around 2020, we're going over what they're calling the baby boomer demographic cliff, which just means that there's more people exiting the workforce than there are to replace them. People our age, there's not enough of us to replace the baby boomers, even if every one of us was fully employed. And so this creates a real problem. Estimates are something like 25% of the workforce is going to exit very, very soon with nobody to replace them. Now, is that kind of ringing true with what you're experiencing on the recruiting side? Yeah, it it's definitely going to be part of the mix. Uh, but one of the things, I early in my career, I did an analysis of, of who retires early. Um, and, and sometimes those studies include people who are 60 and might retire early. And I found that people didn't retire early. Uh, they really like that social aspect and stuff, uh, but you know, once you get to a certain age, you you can't work. So if if that really is that cliff of of that meets with your physical issues that you have, or an employer that says, you know, I don't want people to work past 65, or I don't want to promote people at that that you know they they're not actively pushing people out the door, but they might not be supporting them as much as they need. Uh, it it will be a cliff for some employers where there's going to be some employers who are, are going to do things to keep them around, you know, whether it's a, a shortened work week or uh, putting them in a bit more of senior and advisor roles, but not everybody's going to be suited for that. So that, you know, that that demographic sh- shift is, is going to really happen. And, you know, we've got some employers who say, oh, you know, I don't really want to hire somebody in their, you know, 60s because, you know, I want somebody to work the next, you know, five or 10 years. And, you know, they're, they're being a little bit short-sighted because, uh, a lot of employees don't even last that long, but if you can get kind of five good years out of somebody, uh, just knowing that there's a lot of people moving uh, into that, that that twilight of the years, you, you might as well take it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is going to be a, a real pinch and forward looking companies are, are trying to think down the road. They're thinking of branding to younger people uh, to, to hope that, you know, even if you don't hire somebody today, uh, they, they may make the switch to your industry or to your company in five to 10 years when it really hits. Well, that's interesting because the research I've done also indicates that by 2030, the millennials, where there's far more millennials than the generation between baby boomers and millennials, there will be enough people then 
to fill in the the tax contribution gap that we're going to see with so many baby boomers leaving, not enough people to replace them. So it sounds to me like the next 10 years are going to be very dynamic. This probably presents opportunities, though, because with decline in certain areas, there's always opportunities somewhere else. From your perspective, what opportunity does this situation create for an individual like a heavy-duty mechanic, parts person, or truck driver? I, I was meeting with a client yesterday, and they were looking for a superintendent, right? So there, there's really going to be those opportunities for the coaching roles, whether it's you know coaching apprentices or leading teams, right? Uh, so most employers are going to recognize that you know you, you're not going to have you know if, if you've got a fleet of you know 100 100 trucks, 120 trucks, or, or more, you're not going to have enough really experienced senior mechanics to just handle it, right? But if you're a good communicator, uh, you might have, you know, one junior mechanic who's, who's got that four to five years experience and then two really switched on young people, right? So getting the skills and wanting the skills to to lead a team is, is going to be key, right? Because if, if, if you can lead a team of four to five and you enjoy that, you could then kind of grow that and become a service manager. Um, and, and being a good communicator, even if you're not ready to lead a team, you're a super valuable team member if if you can be that knowledge resource when it comes to really troubleshooting some turbos or uh, you know understanding you know the intricacies of of a great part system right so I I think one of the keys is going to be a great becoming a great communicator not not just that you're spitting out knowledge but you're you're learning from the junior people as well because uh, there's systems coming online I'm I'm just learning about Instagram and it's a it's a huge platform that People are using to communicate, you know, whether it's being used effectively in the industry, uh, I, I don't know. But there, there is a lot of technology that, you know, 10 years ago we, we weren't aware of. Uh, but just being aware of the technology that's going to come in and, and really help, you know, either diagnose or, or, or help speed up and make the jobs easier for the fewer number of people that there may be as we get into a, re- a real labor crunch. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Kale Campbell, president of Red Seal Recruiting Solutions. Now, Kale, what is the impact of this shortage of skilled workers on the companies that employ people? What are they experiencing? It's it's very interesting from, you know, the service manager level all the way up to, you know, the presidents uh, and, and, and really the the guys who are turning wrenches and, and the women who are, you know, doing the parts inventory and the teams at that level, it's affecting everybody. So, you know, we're right in the middle of summer and I'm like, okay, I've got a long weekend coming up. I, I really want to take my camper and get, get to the ocean with my family and, and just enjoy it. Uh, yet it's, it's, people are really stressed about, you know, filling vacancies that they've got because they want to give people time off. Right. So it's, 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 it's a huge issue for any company that, or, or even anybody who's trying to service a client group, uh, whether it's internal clients or, or a group of external clients, that you know you, you really are going to ha- have a hard time when there's any increase in business or increase in maintenance that needs to happen, um, or or if you want to bring on new clients, right? So uh, I, I think it, it's it's going to be the the number one issues for most large companies, and you know if if you're you're looking at growing your business, either opening a new dealership in another town or, or building a new shop and adding bays. It's, it's a huge issue. And, you know, we hear from companies that have lost 
a lot of their mechanics because you know a brand new shop is open up they've got great bays great heating and and, and air conditioning you know it, it is a little bit rare but really having an environment that really works for the mechanics you know making sure that they're supplying you know some really top-notch facilities for them to work on so it's, it's it's a good environment for them physically but also they want to work there and if if you're kind of caught behind the eight ball you know you're down two to three mechanics and your customers are waiting uh, you know, if they're being well serviced or they're turning to somewhere else if they can't, you know, get scheduled for service. So a lot of companies I'm, I'm recommending that you're, you're really using your service managers to schedule and, and set expectations because, you know, you might get not get the work done right away. Uh, and, you know, that that's a huge issue. Uh, but if if you're picking up the phone and saying, I don't know when you'll lose a customer for for life, you know, like I, I can't get to, you know, you, you're trying to put in your parts order on a Friday afternoon. And if the phone's not being answered, that, that's a huge issue. But if they, they can actually take down the order and say, listen, I'll call you back on Monday, that sets expectations if you can really kind of queue up. So people people will wait for their coffee. People will sometimes wait for the service on the on their rig or their equipment or or the parts, but they want to take give that order just so it's 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 off their stress list and and you know CEOs and and small business owners uh, they really got to think about okay how I'm going to service customers with less people and, and really taking the orders and communicating when you're going to be able to deliver that service is super important and and they're going to have to use some technology and and uh, good communicators to to make sure that clients know. Yes, I'm not going to leave you out in the lurch. I will deal with you on Thursday because that'll stop them hopefully from picking up the phone and switching to another client if or another service provider because most service providers are going to be in the same situation. They're they're not going to have you know a bay open ready to take in or a service truck ready to go, uh, but they're really going to have to say, okay, I really want to service you. It's just going to be at this point and i i think that's an important thing that all businesses have to do but especially in you know the heavy duty parts and heavy duty service you really got to set expectations and and be responsive and you know maybe have more people answering the phones uh while you wait to to free up people and and also just adjusting your skill level right and you know you really shouldn't be uh having you know, a senior guy doing oil changes, right? I mean, you really got to have some of that routine preventative maintenance being trained up with with some lube technicians or or some junior mechanics, uh, and, and making sure that the senior techs are really freed up, and and being rewarded for that difficult job as well. Uh, you know, that's something I've seen happen in the automotive industry. All the tough, really tough jobs that take a long time, uh, which really affect compensa- uh, compensation in that industry, are going to the senior guys, and and they're 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 kind of getting frustrated, but you still got to make sure that you're compensating those those senior guys and, and and making sure that you know that technical person he really wants to come in and put in that extra effort and not just be given the hard day, jobs day in day out and not being shown any 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 real respect or uh, you know increased appreciation whether it's financially or or or, or verbally in recognition. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So on the human resources side, on the people side, what solutions are you seeing that's working? Cummings has has definitely done some some interesting things where, you know, they're really proactively going out and getting junior people. And and they they've targeted I I believe about four segments. So uh military, you know, with with technical experience, 
junior people who, who might want to go to college, you know, and, and become a mechanical engineer, but, you know, just really haven't explored, uh, you know, the diesel side of, side of things. Um, and then also, you know, some top shop graduates, you know, who, who might be interested in tech. You know, they're, they're really trying to go after people proactively and target them and then also map out different areas where they're going to go. Uh, for, for some people, you know, getting into the parts department and, and working and servicing at a counter is, is, is where they want to be. But other people want to say, okay, where can I take my career with this company in, in five to 10 years? And uh, what Cummings is doing is, is they're making sure that that, that training program they're going in also really focuses on where they can go with the company later on. So they're, they're giving them the communication skills, the computer skills, and, and the learning foundation so they can go on and get an associate's degree where a lot of companies are like, oh, you're, you're a mechanic, you're a parts person, and you know, maybe you'll get a supervisory job. And you know, that, that is a great opportunity for some people, but some people may, may say, okay, where do I wanna be in 15 or, or 20 years? I wanna be a branch manager. And I, I haven't heard how I could ever do that. And you know, I, know, I know Jamie's kind of next in line for that, so I'm, I'm gonna leave, right? Or, or leave the industry because I, I hear there's better opportunity in tech. And it, it, it's good. They, they've really built a, a vision uh, that people can move into engineering or they can move into management or they can move into, you know, really good support roles uh, after they, you know, complete their apprenticeship, whether it's as a parts person or a heavy duty mechanic. So I, I think that's really important is, is saying, you know, where do you want to go as a, a new employee and can we do the things to support you to, to get you there? And, uh, you know, supporting somebody in a college course is, you know, it seems expensive for an employer. Uh, but, you know, somebody who wants to learn and be a part of your company is much better than somebody who's disengaged and, you know, leaving 15 minutes early or spending time on their phone. So I think making those in, those companies that are making the investment in their employees and, and saying, hey, we, we do want a place for you long term. And here are some paths that can help you you get there. Have you seen anybody taking advantage of technology in innovative ways? Yeah, I I, I really haven't spend a, a ton of time on it. I've, I've got a good friend who, who's, who's got some good uh, hard hat technology uh, with heads up displays that, that really can tie into your iPad. Um, I, I know that Microsoft and I, I want to say Caterpillar, we're doing some work together, but don't quote me on that because uh, your, your, your access to information is, can be super critical out, out in the field. And, you know, it, it's amazing what can happen and you, you can't expect it to, to fix everything right away. Uh, but I, I definitely think there are companies that are using a, lo a lot more technology to help on the maintenance and inventory front. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on, on the high tech side, but um, you just look at the work John Deere is doing and, you know, they're, they're really focused on technology and, and bringing in um, both, I believe sat satellite and 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 high frequency um, and and uh, cellular data to help farmers really plant the right stuff at the right time in the right amounts and and it it comes down to if they're doing an extra pass on a you know a hundred acre or a huge field uh, you know that's a lot of extra diesel and wear and tear on a combine and they're making sure that it's super efficient and, and, and they're not overlapping and double fertilizing. So really using technology that really needs to be either fixed by a heavy duty mechanic and, and those parts, you know, you, you're, you're not looking at as many gears and as, as, as many 
implements, you might be looking at more high-tech upgrades that, that really help help the end client. And yeah, that's it's an interesting challenge because it, it used to be, you know, we just wanted somebody who could do onboard diagnostics, but you're, you're getting a lot more technical on, on your diagnostics because you're dealing with technology that, you know, we didn't see 10 years ago. Uh, you know, a self-driving Tesla is, you know, it's here and there's self-driving tractors and, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into, uh, you know, both some as automated trucking is going to be a huge change in, in what we're going to see and need to repair. So it's going to be a very interesting kind of five years as technology really gets rolled out on the road in, in heavier equipment and heavier trucks. What is the key point you want listeners to take away from today's conversation? I, I definitely say don't kind of rest on your laurels. So 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 keep on looking uh, listening to podcasts and, and, and building networks and, and, and finding out what what's happening and, you know, be interested. Right. So if if, if you're interviewing somebody who, who's, who's doing some really innovative stuff on a- automation and trucking and, you know, somebody hears about that on your podcast, you know, try and connect with them on LinkedIn, you know, or find somebody locally who, who's kind of in that space and, and learn from them because it might not be that you you need that for your job today, but you never know. Three months from now, a customer might come in, or uh, you know, the, the dealership might stop by and 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 say, "Hey, this is what we're thinking about r- rolling out." And you say, "Oh, you know, I'm super interested in that, and you know, I've done this research. I'd love to know more." And and really, that excitement and and people who want to be on the cutting edge, I I, I think, is important because. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot to do and there's a lot of information coming at them. But if, if there's things that spark your interest, you know, dig deeper, you know, definitely, you know, write it down and and follow up on a Saturday, follow up on your lunchtime and, uh, you know, get get that phone up in front of you. And, and, and don't just Google what, you know, what the sports scores are going to be or who's who's making a trade in the off season. You know, try and keep, you know, a certain percentage of your off time focused on growing your knowledge and your network in your your career, right? So you're, you're learning technical stuff, but also building your network. I think that's super important as, as we move forward. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Cale Campbell, president of Red Seal Recruiting Solutions. To learn more about Red Seal Recruiting Solutions, go to redsealrecruiting.com. Links are in the show notes. Cale, thank you for being on the podcast. Super appreciated, Jamie. I, the work you're doing is super valuable for the industry, and it's it's great to get your updates as you roll out podcasts. And thanks for doing it. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com to listen to and subscribe to the podcast. And remember to focus on cost per mile over purchase price, and let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.